exercise. We're going to sing all this, a note of unison on an ooh. Okay, just a second. And then we'll sing it for a little bit, and then on some kind of a cure, when I do it, we're gonna, it's going to open your spirit. You're going to go.
chirp, chirp.
there is the thunder voice of the Lord sounding in the waters. The Lord is separating the waters from beneath and the waters from the waters from the waters of above.
the city.
that the Lord is going to bring into this place. Yes. Understandings that is happening here. 
Let's go back to Genesis 1. So in the beginning, God separates the day and the night. And we said yesterday that the day and the night are two realms in the spirit. And before he can create anything on the earth, there are some spiritual things that need to be placed in order. Amen? And this that happens in Genesis is the same thing that needs to happen to every person and to every land. Amen? The lands are filled with darkness and void. Amen? And they need the light of Christ to shine in their midst. And that is why it's not that personal that we are the light of this world. The light needs to shine. That is a responsibility that we have, to be light. Amen. Not just to enjoy the light, but to be the light and to really understand what is the power of the light and what is our place in that. So before the Lord can create anything, he's going to order some things in the spiritual realm. So first he separates the day from the night. And that needs to happen in our lives. And before I go on, let's go to um, 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, I want you to see that here the apostle is speaking about unbelief. Now, unbelief is not something that is outside the church. Unbelief is very much in the church. And wherever there is unbelief, there are blindfolds that does not allow us to see the light. And we have heard, and this is where all the corruption started, we have heard a gospel with no glory. We have heard a gospel of salvation, praise the Lord, that has saved a lot of people. But it says this blindfold is going to stop you from receiving the light. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So there is a gospel of salvation, but there is a gospel that has been blindfolded. And it's the gospel of the glory of God that is the image of God. And this should shine in them. For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the same way that the light shone in the beginning is the same way that light has to shine inside of us for the understanding for the knowledge of the glory. So, 
Christianity, in true, the true Christianity, the true gospel means to understand the knowledge of the glory. And that is why so many people call themselves Christians, but when you see their lives, they have the same problems of the world, they have the same sickness of the world, they have the same shortage in their finances like the world. There's no difference. And if, I, if we look really with the eyes of the Lord, the condition of the church, there's no difference between the world and the church. That's why the church has become so ineffective. Because we have to be absolutely different. Amen. And the difference comes when we have the knowledge of the glory of God in our hearts. It's a knowledge. We need to know. Knowing is not something I believe. Knowing is something that vibrates inside of me, that dwells inside of me. It's a knowledge that makes me steady, that makes me unmutable. It's a knowledge. And this gospel of glory, come with me to 1 Peter 1. It says, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that will come to you. Searching quite of what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them. Where did you see that the Spirit of Christ was in all the prophets? In Moses, in Abraham, in Abel, in Isaiah, in all of them. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicated when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And this is the gospel preached by God. It's a gospel not that finishes at the cross, but it's a gospel that after the cross there are glories that follow. And this is why it's so important, because it has been all the glories in the mainstream church are left for the future. All the glories in the future is going to happen. And everything is for the future. And that is a very comfortable message. Because if I teach anything for the future, we don't have to make any change today. I don't have to demonstrate anything today. Because eventually, sometime in the future, maybe not you but your generations to come. That's very comfortable to preach like that. But God gave us a gospel of glory. That after his sufferings, there was going to be the glories that follow those sufferings. So it doesn't end at the cross. That is the doorway to the most amazing understanding of the kingdom of God. And it's the light of that glory that gives us the knowledge of everything Jesus accomplished for us. Yeah. And in that knowledge, by knowing, I shine. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is light. I have to know that light. I have to know that glory. And this is the gospel. This is the gospel, the true gospel. It says, and the glories that will follow. Not 2,000 years after, will follow the sufferings. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, 
They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. So the gospel has been so perverted it made it into a formula. Oh, let's have this little formula, this little, this little brochure, so I can give out the brochures of the gospel to the formula. Yeah. It was never meant to be like that. It's the gospel preached by the Holy Spirit that touches the life, that shakes the earth, that shakes everything, and angels just gravitate to see what's going on because the Holy Spirit is preaching the glory of God to the sons of God that in born. Peace is received and dwell in that house. Why peace 
was the doorway to the kingdom. Yeah. Why? It was not just, hi, hello, shalom. It's a <laughs> greeting. No, it's not a greeting. It's a state of mind. It's a state of the soul. It's the quietness of the waters inside. And, and Emerson was, was seeing this vision of Jesus when he's walking the, in the waters and there's a storm there. But the stillness of his water are quieting everything down. Even in governing the molecular structure of water. That's what peace and the stillness of his waters are so important to enter into every dimension that God has for us. The trouble waters, anxiety, all these problems, all this world, all these things that we have to solve are trouble waters. And the stillness of his waters is entering in. Because in that stillness you can walk over all things. Now like I'm saying here, both kingdoms operate with water. He's the living waters and he separates. The waters from beneath from the waters from above. That's what the Lord gave you this morning. And actually, 1, 2, 7 is the three, the three verses. Genesis 1, 2, and 7. And 7 is God separating the waters from beneath from the waters from above. And the Lord woke her up like that. Hallelujah. So both kingdoms operate with waters. And Babylon operates with waters. And in order to have everything confused in darkness and having the control of the devil over land, he needs the waters to cover the land. In the beginning, the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was empty and void. And the waters covered the earth. So the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water. So in order for the devil to have a control of someone or of a city, he needs to cover that with waters. And that is the principle of Babylon. Now, remember these waters. Let's go to it says verse 20, Genesis 1 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens, above the rakia of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now God has separated, I'm talking about spiritual waters. We understand living waters, amen. We understand that we're going to understand these demonic waters. And then we have the water that I believe, like Emerson says, is the divine element, the physical element of water is created just in heaven. But I'm talking about spiritual things right now. So, 
into the book of Revelation. And we will see <coughs> Babylon, which means confusion. The waters were confused. The waters from above and the waters from beneath, spiritual substances, were confused. And that created a chaos and that created a void. Amen? Are you with me? Yes. And the same thing happens with all these theologies. <coughs> they are mixed waters. They don't even understand the things from above. And you say something very heavenly, ah, that's from the devil. God could never do that. Have you ever heard? Yeah. God could never do that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're by his right hand, knowing what he can do and what he cannot do. He's <laughs> at the, the top of our gifts. God can do whatever he wants to do. He is God Almighty. He can even come against his own law. What are you talking about? Didn't he tell, tell Hosea to go and marry a married woman, loved by her husband? Have you learned to read the book of Hosea? The law says that that is adultery. Yet God says go and marry a woman loved by her husband. God can do whatever he wants to do. Because he's the author of the law. It's like when you have the law of your house, you're the man of the house, and you say, children, you go to bed at 9 o'clock. That's the law of the house, right? The law says, the man of the house. But then it's the birthday. And everybody's having fun. And it's already 9 o'clock. And then the father of the house says, Okay, you can go to bed at 11. He can break law because he's the author of the law. See what I mean? God can do whatever he wants to do. So if someone tells you God cannot do that, the person doesn't know God. That's right. You can tell him God can do whatever he wants to do. Hallelujah. I mean, so here we are, the book of Revelation. having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. I believe that's kind of the, the angel that, that just showed up. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demon, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bearer. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you, are, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Now he's not talking to the world. He's talking to his people. Where, are, where is his people? Inside of Babylon. 
That's what he says, you have to come out of Babylon. You have to understand Babylon in order to come out. Because she sits on the many waters, right? So the way she receives her power is by controlling the waters. And the waters are people. The waters of the people is what gives the power to Babylon. And Babylon, which is confusion, confuses the waters from above and the waters from beneath. And then they take what is holy and they say, no, that is not of God. And they take what is unholy and they say, oh, that is the law of the church. And it's a double heresy. It's a confusion. So people don't know what to think. This is the problem with the church today. They have no idea because of the confusion of Babylon. So one day they hear, oh, the Lord has given you all power. The next day they hear, oh, no, no, you have to wait to go to heaven to have the power. So, brother, I have the power, I don't have the power, I have the authority, I don't have the authority. Yeah. The Lord is king of kings, so yes, he's our king, but not yet. Like kind of. Kind of the king of kings. He's a king with no rulership now. But to wait for the future where he's going to rule right now. Hang out. Hang out, brother. Hang out. Hang out. He comes and rules. Because right now, he didn't make it in the first coming. He didn't make it. So, he has to come and do the same things again. You see the confusion? You see the confusion? So nobody rules. Because everybody's waiting for something to happen so they can start ruling. Meantime, hang on to your suffering. Find, find the solutions of this world so you can get them out of suffering here. That's the waters that are confused. And there's no understanding, there's no knowledge of the glory of God. Because it's a gospel that has been so diluted. So diluted. Look at this. Come with me to Galatians. Chapter 1. Verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, that what you have received, let him be accursed. Wow. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. And that is the stumbling block of most of the leaders today. And when they read this scripture, they say, oh, this is the gospel that I have preached to you. And it's not referring to the gospel that they have preached to us. It's the gospel that Paul preached. And he's the same one that I just read about. The gospel of the glory and the power. 
light of that gospel will not shine. And they will feed you with all kind of unbelief. So you don't trust God. Most of the church, they say they love God, but do they trust Him? Do they trust Him? Really? They trust their lives unto God. Do they trust their health unto God? Do they trust their finances unto God? Maybe he's not as almighty. Maybe he's not as a good provider. Maybe I have to take care of this area because I don't trust you, Father. Maybe I have to take care of my health because you're not so much king of kings. Your stripes kind of didn't make it. So, so, you see the gospel? It's a so-so gospel. Not quite. By his stripes you were healed. Yeah. Then four or five people get a miracle. Miracle crusade. For the rest man, didn't make it for you. It's a so-so God. So I better continue trusting what I always trust. Because I am the king of my health. You see the gospel, how corrupted it was? It is. So if the gospel was corrupted, it is I marvel that so soon you stay away from that gospel of the glory. He was preaching the gospel of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's Paul saying. So if that happened in such a short time, probably six months or probably a year, we don't know, it says a short time. What has happened in 21 centuries? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you think there's no corruption there? Look at the church today and tell me if there's no corruption. So we have to come back. We have to be a generation. Because it's not just about, I love to go to heaven. You, go, you want to go to heaven for a reason. It's not a curiosity. Oh, it looks so great to see the angels. Wow, I saw the angel. No, that's a responsibility. There's a reason why. And there are things that are hanging above you that God wants to give to you that needs a shift in your life, in your character, in your decision making, in your trust to God so he can release the greatness to those that trust him. But you cannot trust someone you don't know. And we, can, we only know God through somebody else Obviously, we don't trust him. Because we don't trust that somebody else either. So that is why the Lord needs to restore all these things. It's like we were talking at the, the table today. If I want to have a relationship with you, but every time you look at me, I look at you like, oh, I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't trust you. Can we have a relationship? No. No, because you will never give me your heart if I don't trust you. Why would God give his heart to you if you don't trust him? 
know it here. But when it comes to jump on the void, is he trustworthy? When it comes to make the big steps that would make you die to yourself and enter in the realms of being a son of God on the earth. You're going to see the void. You're going to see the jump. And he's going to say jump. God, 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 why did you don't catch me? Jump! Here I go. And that is in every area of your life, there's going to be a jump. And I promise you, he's going to be there. But you have to know it by yourself. You have to feel the hand when you're flying in the air. Yeah. And then you know that you know that you know. There's not a preacher telling you. But you felt it, you know it. You can trust him in any other job he asks you to give. So the waters of Babylon is the confusion of this gospel. And every nation has drunk from these waters of confusion. The world system in which we live is Babylon. The church has been swallowed up by the world system. Amen. Call me out, my people. God needs to separate these waters. Come to uh, Isaiah 57. Let's see the operation of this course. Verse 20. But the wicked are like a troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters Cast up mire and dirt. Iniquity, which we all had iniquity, and we have to get rid of this iniquity. Iniquity is like a mire and clay. It's these wars that when people speak negative things, when people are speaking, all this unbelief, out of your mouth, there are wars that are coming out. So wickedness makes you your waters troubled and troubled and anguish. I cannot find my peace. Maybe in certain areas and in other yes. So wickedness produces these waters, and Babylon, this harlot, feeds on these waters. He wants this speaking of destruction. And this is one of the things that has corrupted tremendously the prophetic movement. <laughs> because people, number one, let me say this. The prophetic is the power of God to hear him. But it's going to go through a filter. And that filter is your heart and your mind. If you believe 
with all of your heart. A lie? You're going to be your hearing God to emphasize that lie. Like what I call the prophets of destruction. I call it the prophets of destruction because all they do is prophesy the end of the world, the destruction is coming, the tsunami is coming, Florida is going to disappear, and all this nonsense. Oh, there's another earthquake. There's all this destruction that is coming because the only way God has is to destroy the land. How many of you were in the world? All of you. Right? Did the Lord destroy you when he saved you? They don't even understand John 3.16. That is how bad it is. For so much, the Lord love. And this is the problem with the trust. We don't understand what it means that God loves. Because the level of love in the church is completely lost. We have sympathy. We have sympathy. We don't have sacrificial love. In most churches, most people don't know the name of the person sitting next to them. They go as a religious system of Babylon to hear their dose of religion and leave. Love? That person, maybe, is not going to eat that day. You couldn't care less. You had your dose. That's how it operates. That's how bad it is. And I have to say things like this because the Lord wants to stir up a generation that will think different. But if we cannot see the cancer, we cannot heal the cancer. You see what I mean? If we think, oh, it's so great. People are getting saved. Are they? Really? Are they? Yesterday we were reading. If they did not listen to the one that spoke from earth, and they were erased from the face of the earth, what would happen if we don't listen to the one that is speaking from heaven? Are they really saved? We don't know. But we have to make sure they are. With a different gospel. With a gospel that is not a mockery. Because the world is mocking the church today. Because the waters are confused. Because the church doesn't know what they believe. Oh, my son is going astray in the world. What am I going to do? I don't have to pray anymore. I tell them, please come to see my mighty God. And you know what they used to say? Your mighty God, mother? Look at you. Your mighty God, father? Look at you. Look at your friends. Really? You don't even believe in your mighty God. What do you want me to believe? Let me find me, oh God. This is a tragedy. This is a tragedy. And the new generation is not buying words. They want the efficiency of the substance of God in a life that they can follow because they see that what we are talking is what we are living and we don't move from that. Rather the earth shakes, rather happens what happens, we don't move because we're establishing a truth that is unshakable. Then they will follow us. But if we are the first one to shake and to move, oh, oh. one day I have a mighty God, one day I have 
a mighty doctor or a mighty lawyer or a mighty <laughs> Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> Do you ask? Have 
Have you asked the Lord? Is there someone in need in the group that I need to go and give them something? Or that's not part of the prayers. <laughs> Just give me, give me, give me. Let me see angels. <laughs> Do we see angels when your heart is according to the heart of God? Because if your heart is not according to your heart, to the heart of the Lord, you're going to follow angels. Because believe me, they're mighty creatures. And some of them make you fall on your knees like John. Like, oh my God. But if you are not one with the Spirit of Christ, in the oneness <coughs> of the Spirit, knowing who He is, trusting who He is, it's very easy to follow angels. And there has been revival after revival that was crushed by angels. Because people were listening more to the angels than to God because their relationship was not steadfast with the Lord. It was the trend of the angel. The trend. The Lord is saying these things out of His great law because He sees what is happening here. He sees what kind of people is here. But he needs you to listen to the core of who you are so things that He has purpose for you can come to pass in this place. Hallelujah. You have walked a beautiful walk. Now is the next step. You have to graduate in the next step. There are steps, beloved. And some steps are going to require death. Death of a lot of old stuff. Death of a lot of wrong principles, wrong theologies, wrong way of thinking, wrong way of perceiving God. Start with verse 9. It says, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. forsaken him. Pursue and take him for there is none to deliver him. So this is David praying, obviously he's in an old age. And then he says, verse 18, 
from 17. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, do not forsake me, until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. So if you think of you, of someone of old age, you, your life can be used for generations to come. Don't you think your life ends here? Your words can affect generations to come. You decide how you're going to use your years. Do not forsake me in my days of old till I, till I preach. See, I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. Also, your righteousness, O oh God, is very high. You who have done great things, O oh God, who is like you. You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Actually, the verse here is from the depths of the waters and you shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side you will bring me again from the depths of the waters because as we lose strength sometimes we are weakening our guard and we allow the waters to come over our lives. The waters are very much active in Babylon. They're everywhere. You turn your television, there are waters there. You walk in the streets, there are waters there. Your garden has to be up. Amen. It says, but you took me out from the depths of the earth. So I can proclaim. And these days that I have before I go to be the Lord, they're going to be powerful and mighty, and I don't care if I have gray hair. No dye hair. Yes. So, we're seeing the operation of waters here. Now come with me to Psalm 60. Psalm 68 is very important because we're saying that the waters of beneath and the waters of darkness that covers the earth and covers the people and operates through wickedness. I mean, all these waters give power to the heart and give power to the enemy and to our enemies. How are they strengthened in power through the waters? And most of the people in the prophetic today, are prophesying all these destructions, are prophesying death, are prophesying wrath. Like I said before, you don't even understand John 3.16. If you really know God, Father, I pray that these precious people will really get to know you. Because if you know and touch the love of the Father, the Father will never destroy, never destroy what He sent His Son to redeem. He sent His Son to die 
was not only the sufferings of Christ. Have you ever thought about the sufferings of the Father when he saw his son going to the cross? And now what? I'm going to destroy everything. I said my son, but it didn't work. Now I'm going to destroy everything. And Abraham stood up and says, no, you are not going to destroy the righteous with your righteous. You are not. Because I know you. And you can tell that to God. No, you're not going to destroy them. They come and tell you, oh, there's going to be another fire in Atlanta. Oh, there's going to be an atomic bomb in Atlanta. No! I challenge you, God. You will never judge the righteous with the unrighteous. And there are more than ten righteous here. So Atlanta will never be destroyed. Thus, says the Lord. That is the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord, when you know the Lord, the heart of the Lord is redemptive. The eyes of the Lord are not looking what is wrong in you. The eyes of the Lord are looking how can he pull out this magnificent thing in you that's going to overwhelm all these little defects that you have. That's how the Lord thinks. You need to know God to understand these things. Because people live in condemnation, people are not worthy. You are so worthy that the Lord gave his life for you. He opened heaven to him through his blood. So you can enter free to his throne, to his mercy, to understand his glory, to give you everything. Do not fear, my little flock, for my father has given you the kingdom. What part of destruction is that? Well, he rebukes, of course he rebukes as a father. But he rebukes with gentleness. He rebukes with light. Let me show you, my daughter. Let me show you, my son. This is not good for you. You're killing yourself. Do it this way. I don't want to do it that way. I want it my way. Okay, little son, do it your way. I stay aside. Oh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? No, I have not forsaken you. You forsook my words. Okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. You see, he doesn't need to destroy you to correct you. He doesn't need to destroy the United States. He loves the United States. But I believe we are in a time of resetting. I think the Lord brought us here to reset something. Yes, Lord. To reset Atlanta. Yes. To reset the hub that needed to be reset. And as I'm speaking these words, I'm speaking them in the name of Jesus Christ to reset this city into the purposes and the glory that God intended this city to have. We agree. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we all say, So the enemy feeds on these waters. He loves. We were in Antarctica in 2011. And remember they were talking about the end of the world and the Mayans have said that the end of the world was 2012 and all the prophets say, oh, there's going to be destruction and the acts of the world is going to be destroyed. And the Lord said, I want you to go with a team of prophets and apostles to Antarctica. Because the source of everything that is being spoken is in Antarctica. So we took a trip to Antarctica. And uh, on that trip, the Lord said, you're going to enter the door of Abaddon. 
Abaddon is the place of destruction. Everything that is that comes out to destroy someone or something comes out from Abaddon. Health is destroyed from Abaddon. Businesses are destroyed by Abaddon. Cities are destroyed by Abaddon. A lot of things are destroyed by Abaddon. Amen. So the doors of Abaddon were in what it is called the Drake Passage, which is where the two oceans come together, the Atlantic and the Pacific. And actually, if you see Google Earth, you're going to literally see the head of Leviathan with his teeth and everything. It's so clear in the Drake Passage. And the Lord told me, I have to tell you that you're going to be like dead for two days when you go to Antarctica. But don't worry, at the third day, I will, you will come back. Don't worry. So I said, oh, God, I'm not froze. What's going to happen to me? So anyways, when you were dealing with Abaddon, so we were very serious in this, in this battle. And, um, and when we enter the Great Passage, it's so tough, it's so horrendous that, I mean, the waves are 15 meters high, 45 feet high. 45 feet high. That, 45. That means the ship that is small, when you think is a cruise, <laughs> a big cruise. No, this is for 120 passengers, so we can enter the, the canals in Antarctica. Our little ship was like a beam. Chill, chill, chill. So we entered there, and it was like being in a roller coaster. <coughs> and when you're in a roller coaster, you say, thanks, God, it's going to finish in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> Here, it lasted 48 hours, oh. in which you knew it was not going to stop. So here we are. Oh, my, it was so bad. There were waves that throw us away from the bed. The closets opened up. Everything came out of the closets. No, 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 no. So I was green, white, yellow. <laughs> Couldn't drink a drop of water. Everything came out from every side possible. <laughs> oh, and I was, I was dying. I mean, the dehydration was so bad. My tongue was literally sticking to my, uh, to my palate. And, and in that, at that time, the Lord took my spirit into the depths of the ocean, into the doors of Abaddon. And, uh, and when I found myself in the deep in the, uh, of Adam, I had a sword with me. And throughout the 48 hours, I was just cutting the head of the violin. <laughs> but I was bringing the glory of God into that place. And when I was there, I understood something so powerful. And when we speak about Jonah, we speak all oh, the disobedient prophet. Actually, it was one of the greatest prophets ever. It's the only prophet that was assigned to the Messiah. Because I will give you the sign of the prophet Jonah. He didn't say I give you the sign of Isaiah. I give you the sign of Moses. I'm going to give you the sign. You're asking me if I'm the Messiah, I'm going to give you the sign of the prophet Jonah. Because the same way he was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, the Son of Man is going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So he was actually a sign 
prophet, that the Messiah, remember all the prophets? Remember what? All the prophets were inquiring and asking in what manner and in what time the spirit of Christ that was in them was speaking. So Jonah had the spirit of Christ in him. Even though he went astray, in, and I believe everything was orchestrated by God because the Lord needed this. Why? Because he was sending Jonah to preach to Nineveh that was filled with sin. And that's why Jonah hated Nineveh. But if Jonah would have gone like that, Nineveh would have never converted. Something needed to happen in the waters that was key to the conversion of the whole city. So when I was in the deep of the wars, I had this experience like Jonah. And I started to cry to the Lord. And throughout all those 48 hours, I saw all these weeds in the spiritual realm. And there were thousands and thousands of prophets wow. that were bound by the weeds in wow. Abaddon. And they couldn't speak what the Lord wanted them to speak. They were speaking what Abba was speaking. And I spent 48 hours just breaking those weeds and releasing people and releasing people and releasing people. But the important thing here is the experience that the Lord showed me about Jonah. When Jonah was swallowed by the fish, he was crying unto the Lord. And who was crying from the heart of Jonah? It was the spirit of Christ in him, right? So what was happening is the spirit of Christ needed to go to the deep of the waters. And when Jonah was, he says, and I cry into your sanctuary. When he was crying into the sanctuary of heaven, because at that time heaven and earth were separated, he was joining together the deep of the abyss with the throne of God. And there was a beam of light and glory that came from, because it was the Spirit of Christ, that came from the bottom of the ocean to the throne of God. And as that glory filled the waters, the Spirit of Leviathan that was controlling Nineveh and the Spirit of the waters that was controlling Nineveh was overcome by Christ. Then he was spit by the fish. He walked to Nineveh, smelling like hell, <laughs> Emerson's oils. <laughs> so I don't know if they repented by conviction or by the smell. <laughs> but when we enter the water spirits that control Nineveh, remember Nineveh was surrounded by waters, and the, the, the rampart has waters around, and everything in Nineveh is surrounded with waters. So we, he needed to overcome those spirits. So when he entered Nineveh, is the only prophet in the entire history that had the whole city converting and repenting, even the beasts wow. repented and went into fasting at the voice of a prophet. And when I was in the bottom of the ocean, I remember something that happened to me in 1999. And we did a major battle called the Operation Queen's Palace. And it was, this has been the only worldwide battle that taken place by the church. And 
this battle was orchestrated by Peter Wagner, and we had 70 million intercessors for that battle. 140 nations participating. And it was a whole attack on the Queen of Heaven and Babylon and the whole things. And I was in charge of the special task force armies in the main places of the Queen of Heaven. And my assignment was Italy, I mean Rome, uh, Jerusalem, and Iraq. And there was going to be an eclipse that was going to go through all the thrones in Europe of the Queen of Heaven. So at a certain point, the Lord told me, there's going to be three hours in which you have to release every possible weapon that you have. Because in these three hours that the eclipse goes from one point of Europe all the way to India, the powers of darkness are going to be along with one another. And that's what you need to hit. So we organized the world, and it was, it was amazing. Anyways, I'm in Iraq, and the eclipse was going to be seen in Nineveh. Now, if you go to Iraq in the time of Saddam Hussein, that was the time of Saddam Hussein, everywhere in Iraq there were billboards with Saddam Hussein in every possible posture, sunglasses, star, which is star, the But the only billboard in which Saddam Hussein was bowing down like that was a billboard in front of a statue that they put to the prophet Jonah in Nineveh. And I said, oh my god, even Saddam Hussein is bowing thousands of years after before the voice of Jonah. But this is an amazing prophet. I'm telling you. So the eclipse was gonna take place. And uh, before we get to Nineveh, this is a fun story. You want to tell stories? It's a very fun story. Because all Saddam Hussein and all his army wanted to go and see the eclipse in that area. So I received a call from the hotel. I had a very nice hotel for my team. And they said, sorry, we have to cancel your hotel because Saddam Hussein is occupying the hotel. And uh, your cancellation is, I mean, your reservation is canceled. And we're on the way to Nineveh. I said, where are we going to stay? I said, Lord, no, this cannot be. You have a room for us in the hotel. This is a lie from the devil. And you have provision for us. And, I said, and he said to me, yeah. That's what Joseph and Mary prayed before Jesus was born. Yeah. <laughs> you know my answer. I said, okay, Lord. Find the house. So we arrived there. I'm still fighting with the reception. Oh, my reservation, da 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 da. And uh, no, no way. So there's a guy that we were all Hispanic uh, warriors. And there's a guy that here speaking in Spanish, and he approaches. He said, Oh, I hear you speaking Spanish. And he starts speaking Spanish. I am the Secretary of Tourism of Iraq. <laughs> and I was, I was an ambassador in Spain, so I learned Spanish and I love your language. What are you doing here? Oh, well, we came to see the eclipse in Nineveh. And he said, but Nineveh is closed. Because we close it because everybody's going to be with Saddam Hussein, so the ruins are closed, so you cannot go to Nineveh. I 
I said, no, no, I cannot be that. I'm in Iraq. I have to go to Nineveh, and it is close. No, I said, no, it cannot be. We have to be in Nineveh. And then he smiled. He says, but I am the secretary of tourism. And I have the keys to Nineveh. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to open the ruins for you guys. But I cannot be with you because I have to be with Saddam Hussein. So I'm going to walk you inside the ruins. Monastery of San Bernardino. Oh, wow. And my team was like, no, Anna, we should not stop there. We, we, we're on, on time for the eclipse, we cannot miss that. They said, no, 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 the Lord says to stop, and we're going to stop. <laughs> so we stop at the, at the convent, this, this monastery of San Bernardino. I knock the door, and there's this old man that comes out. And he hardly says hello, he says, follow me quickly. <laughs> okay. So we went down the stairs. And we arrived to the basement, and there was like a lid in the floor. He opened the lid, and there was like this black dust. He says, do you know what is that? I said, no, no, no idea. What is that? He said, this is the blood of the martyrs of oh, Jesus. What? And he says, do you want the blood? I said, yes, give me the blood. So he gets it back and gives me the blood of the martyrs. So here I am in Nineveh with the blood of the martyrs to proclaim a judgment against the heart with the blood of the martyrs. <laughs> we And as the eclipse comes in, I mean, it was a huge manifestation. There were like, like lightnings all over Nineveh. And I stood with the blood, and the Lord says, you're standing in the only place on earth where a whole city Repented at the voice of God. Release this now that you're connected with 140 nations. Release it into every nation. So we release that, the power of repentance over all these nations. I mean, it was so powerful. And then, in 2011, I'm in the bottom of the ocean in the same circumstance like Jonah. And the Lord reminded me that. And I said, Lord, I was there. And you gave me that anointing. When I was proclaiming that, and the power came through me of repentance, now I'm standing in the bottom of the ocean with the same anointing that Jonah had to release all these prophets out of this captivity. So that was so, so intense. <laughs> where all the designs of destruction happens. And if you have read my book, Reaches of Captivity, I speak about the place of the designs of the devil, where all these demons are continually praying, let it be on earth as it is in hell. Yeah. So as we fail to bring down the designs of heaven, there are tons of demon pranks for the designs of hell to prosper on earth. So this is understanding that we need to understand. So anyways, so what we saw is that the devil had all these designs to destroy nations. 
And because the voices, this is so important to understand, because the power of life and death is in our tongue. Yes. Now, if you are an ordained prophet of God, or a prophetic person in God, your mouth has the power of God in your tongue. So if you're prophesying destruction, you're lining up with the plans of the enemy to destroy the earth. And the enemy needs the voice of the prophet to bring destruction on earth. And thousands of people come together in agreement with what Abaddon is releasing. And we saw how from Abaddon there was like a cloak that came out and covered the earth with all the plans and designs of destruction that the devil has for the earth. <laughs> there are more scars. Put the scars on. So, when a prophet does not understand these things, because of most of these prophets have never even tried spiritual warfare in the right way. They avoid it. So they don't understand the schemes of the end. So they don't understand that, and they turn in the spiritual realm. But before they can turn into heaven, they have to go through this cloak. Oh, I'm seeing a tsunami that is coming to destroy Florida. God says the Lord. God never said that. It was the Abaddon that is saying it. But because they don't understand how this operates, I mean, they tune up with this cloak and they prophesy thinking they are hearing the voice of God. They are hearing the spiritual world. But it's not God. Wow. So we have to understand that God's business is not about destruction, but about redemption. Amen. If we get this, we're going to turn things around. Amen. Amen. So. But God will wound the head of his enemies, the hairy scalp of the one who still goes on in his trespasses. And the Lord says, I will bring back from Bashan, and I will bring them back from the depths of the sea. Where are the enemy operating? From the depths of the sea. That your foot may crush them in blood and the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from your enemies. I will bring them forth from the depths of the sea. Because that's where they nourish. That's where they have their strength. So that's how you pray against your enemies. To be brought out from the depths of the sea. So you can take over. Interesting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, wow. so uh, Psalm 69. This is a song of David, and he wrote this song in Jerusalem. 
Now, if you have been to Jerusalem, there's no waters in Jerusalem. It's a desert. It's a series of mountains in the desert. Yet, he's writing as a prophet. He says, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my soul. I sink in deep mire, where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters, where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. So he's saying, obviously, that he's being covered with water. And all this water is troubling him. And he's crying to the Lord because the waters have covered him. The mire has covered him. And probably this happened when uh, he fell into sin with Bathsheba. So I was taught in seminar that the Psalms were poetic books. Have you been in seminar, any of you? Well, they teach you these are poetic books. And they say, oh, no, no, this is just a, a yes, like a poetic kind of thing. No, 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 this is prophetic. And he was actually seeing how he was drowning. The reason why I'm talking about this, because I have actually another message. The reason why I'm, I'm talking about this is because last night I had a very strong experience with the waters of Atlanta. And Atlanta has the biggest aquarium in the world. And if you see on top of the aquarium, it says, we brought the ocean into the land. We brought the ocean there. And I had a very strong experience in which I saw a lot of people that were drowning in Atlanta. It was like the whole city was covered with the stormy waters. And people had, there's some people that were drowning, others had like, like life jackets, and, and they were trying to survive. And a lot of people were Christians. And they were just trying to survive in these miry waters. And, and, and I felt very strong that I needed to to really speak about these things and to remove these waters. Mm -hmm. Because these waters from beneath that drowns the spiritual life and, and, and really keeps you in trouble and keeps you in anguish and keeps you in, in sickness. And, and I mean, it's so bad. That's what it says. Come ye out of the waters of Babylon. Come ye out of Babylon, my people. Because these waters really troubles the spirit. So you cannot be in the peace of the Lord. So I was seeing all this, and that's why I'm talking about this. And the waters are very intense. And the, the water spirits are very strong to control people. And the main, the main water spirit that works and operates with Babylon is Leviathan. Leviathan is the lord of the waters. He is the one that, that rules over the waters. And I want you to come with me. To uh, Job 41. description of Leviathan, which I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I want to see certain aspects that are very important. It says, 
verse 15. His rows of scales are his pride. Shut up tightly as with a seal. One is so near another that no air can come between them. Now, Leviathan, let me go further here. And it says in verse 33, On earth there is nothing like him which is made without fear. He beholds every high thing. He is king over all the children of pride. Okay? Now, this is the stronghold or the demonic force that controls religion. And remember when Paul, he received the revelation of the Christ in the world of Damascus, and then he became blind. And when Ananias went to preach to him, he was sent to preach to him and to bring him the Holy Spirit. You remember that? Yeah. What happened to Paul? He says, like scales came off my eyes. Because he was a Pharisee of Pharisee. And he says, his, his scales, the skin of him, is so tight that doesn't allow air to come in it. And that is why religion has a cloak that is so tight together. And what is the air? It's the ruach of God. It's the breath of God. It's the spirit of God. But the spirit of religion doesn't allow the spirit to enter him. And they're so prideful of their doctrines, of their religion, of their denominations, and all this stuff. And they are being controlled by life. So religion is going to blindfold. Remember when we started to speak about a blindfold? This blindfold of unbelief comes directly from the scales of the faith. I don't know. Some, some scales to come down. Amen. Now, in all these waters, When the waters of beneath and the waters were troubled and covered the face of the earth and the void and the darkness was there, it was impossible for the earth to create anything. Remember when the third day happened? The Lord called the earth to produce according to the seeds that were in it. He says, earth, produce according to every seed every plant of the plant king. And the earth produced all these seeds and all these plants at the voice of God. Now we are earth and we are water. The same way that the earth was created with seeds in it. The Lord didn't say, let it be seeds. The Lord already had created the earth with seeds. He just told the earth, now, produce everything that you were purposed to produce as the, king, as the plant kingdom. And they are produced. Now we are earth. And we also have seeds. And all these seeds are what we need to produce, to multiply according to each one's gender. So your seed is different than yours. 
then yours, then yours, then yours. We're different seeds. We are the planting of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the religion following all these models is that everybody wants to do according to the model of this guy. <laughs> the plants don't think like that. They don't think like that. The banana tree is not thinking, how am I going to produce strawberries because they look so red and beautiful. I don't like to be yellow. I want to be like a strawberry. <laughs> you were created to be a banana tree. But I want to be a strawberry because a lot of people eat strawberries and not bananas. <laughs> Yeah. That's how the church thinks. And that's how we have destroyed the gospel. So, and all of this happens because of the waters of beneath. We're confused. And as far as the waters are covering the people, you cannot produce according to the seeds that were given to you. So you're going to produce according to the design of somebody else. This is another tragedy. <laughs> so, as we were entering this moment in worship, in which the waters were being scattered, and I want to go back to that moment, and I want to prophesy over you that the waters are now, but it needed to give some understanding so you understand what is happening and not just an idea, and that you really. Remove these waters from you. And we're going to call for the seeds to produce according to the kind of each one of you. Amen? Because we need to reproduce according to who I am, according to who you are. You're not supposed to be another John Genetic. You're supposed to be you. And you are fantastic the way the Lord created you. Amen? I break the ties of the weeds. 
the Lord showing me cracks in the headquarters of Coca-Cola to represent the dark waters. And there are going to be cracks in the whole system of Coca-Cola. And I remove, as we have removed the waters, people are going to see in that revenge the poison that it is. You will be known by your ugliness. People who are going to withdraw from you. The cracks that I'm seeing are going to cause all kinds of disturbances inside of the headquarters until it collapsed. And people are going to start to live in a healthier way. And the poison that you put in the world is coming at you right now. Back to you. What you saw in the world is coming back to you, Coca-Cola. You will stop poisoning the people. In the name of is the Lord, the wind, because it's the only element that is not attached to the earth. The earth, the water, and the fire are attached to the earth, but not the wind. And those that are born of my spirit, I can blow them, because they trust me. 
I tell them go when they go. I tell them do when they do. I tell them give and they give. Because they're a tool of my heart. <clears throat> Such is a generation that I want to bring forth in this, in this world. True sons of God. Because the whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. I want your manifestation in glory. I want your manifestation as you allow me to be in you. The glory of heaven manifesting through your blessing. <coughs> I see the heart, not the age. I can stand your strength. I can rejuvenate you. <laughs> I am the author of life, the author of health, the author of healing. Everything you need is in me. Know me. That I am God. Know me. That I am the Almighty. Know me. That I am the King of Kings. And I uphold all things in my right hand. Know me. And your steps will be always straight before me.